Gucci gang. Welcome to another episode of Rear the Grid. As always, I am your host, Matt. Although in about three minutes' time, I won't be your host, Matt, anymore. And you're <laughs> all going to be very confused. I am joined, as ever, by my good friend, Jashan. How are you this week, sir? I'm excited. Babes are going to get banned and the kids will be healthy again. Yeah, that is a thing that's supposedly happening. Yes, sir. Um, and it'll obviously 100% work, like every other um, thing that has been made illegal in history. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and on this week's show, uh, Miami happens. Mm, yes, it did. I defer hosting duties. Yes, you did. And uh, did you know that working 24 hours across a two-day period is really fucking exhausting? Yes, I did. All do. that and more. On this, a um, sleep-deprived episode of Rear of the Grid. Beautiful. Here we are, back for another week. In review of the Miami Grand Prix, a race which I'm guessing, Jashan, did you watch live? No, didn't make it till five in the morning, unfortunately. Cooked it, Fair but I enough. have watched it. I watched the race. But you did watch it in full capacity, unlike me, who watched the mini last night whilst half ah, asleep. Hey man, that's a fair effort. Was there a race this weekend? Allegedly. Do I know what happened? Not in the slide. yeah! Am I here this week? Not really. <laughs> Let's uh, fucking do it, Shashan. You can take it away because I am deferring the fuck out of having to post, post, host this thing yeah, this you, week. Well, self-explanatory. You're reason. so tired. You've rescinded most of the hosting duties to me. I, I couldn't be more excited. It's going to be a banger. We're going to bring the heat today, boys. The Miami heat, Turn funnily up enough. Your hearing aid, Nana. This one's got to be a banger. Um, a lively race, perhaps thanks to a resurfacing of the track and, and rain. Uh, prior to the event, that kind of had the, the surfaces nice and slick. But at the same time, there were no yellow flags, no safety cars, no retirements, which made this just the 14th retirement free F1 race in history. Uh, Ten of those, of course, have come from 2015 onwards. Uh, it might be pointless asking this question, Matt, but how, how did you like the Miami Grand Prix and, and how do you think it stacked up to last year's effort? I remember not being particularly fussed with last year's. Mm-hmm. So, it might have been better. I feel like there was a few things, a few bits and patches of action. Yeah. Um, but, like, still not anything crazy special. Uh, last year was maybe more fun because we had the whole Gasly-Norris thing, yeah. which was a little bit exciting. I mean, it was a race from what I can gather. It probably wasn't quite to that level, but it did... See a few people sounding fairly nonplussed online and that about yep. it, but a few who maybe thought that was too harsh of a reaction as well. So I kind of know it was, it was a thing. It existed overall. The consensus is is pretty much yeah. It was a solid race, um, not amazing, but not not bad either. And I think probably a slight improvement on last year as you know drivers kind of get used to the track and 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 whatnot. The FIA have claimed that you know. As, as the surface gets more and more wear, the, the driving will improve. Did you watch qualifying at all? 
No, I have not watched any qualifying. Alrighty. Do you know why Max Verstappen qualified P9? Was there an issue, or was it just a bit of a bad one for him? Oh, so you don't even know what's happened. You don't even read a recap. I didn't watch the fucking qualifying. I'm not a qualifying guy. Mate, but you can read the recap. Normally you like, read up on what happened or something. Charles Leclerc crashed. Yes, yes, he did. He made a big old boo-boo. And th so that, that ended Verstappen's flying lap. Yes, because Verstappen ran wide. See, I've, I've still played that. Verstappen ran wide on his first lap, meaning he didn't set a representative time because he binned it. Uh, and then Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc, and Max didn't get to set his second time, which gave us a very strange grid of, I believe, Perez, Alonso, Sainz... Kevin Magnussen, baby! Magnussen and Pierre Gasly. Yes. Leading from George, Charles, Esteban Ocon, Max Verstappen, and then a bottom ten of uh, Bottas, Albon, Erkenberg, Hamilton, Joe Nick De Vries, Lando Norris, Yuki Tsunoda, Lance Stroll, Piastri, and Sargent there at the bottom. Hell yeah! Logan Sargent. He was nowhere all weekend, showed very little, but that's okay. Shit happens, and he is a rookie. But ultimately... You know, the big question mark coming in is, you know, could Max drive his way through the grid? Would Perez be able to hold him off? You know, what's Charles going to do down there in P7? How the fuck did Kevin Madison qualify P4? I mean, Matt, you're a huge fan of qualifying pace. I mean, this is a big win for Kevin Magnussen, is it not? Yeah, fuck yeah. definitely. Um, I'm still not quite sure. I don't, I haven't watched enough to really understand how he got there, but... He was there, and that's impressive. It was a good, it was a good moment for Haas. Fuck yeah, we had a pretty decent weekend. Uh, K Mag would eventually get a point, but unfortunately, Max would end up taking the win, which I think I think probably uh, took the sails out of the weekend for a lot of people. I think if Perez wins, people are very probably a bit more positive over oh, hugely. Miami as a whole. But you're up and yeah, you're up and about. If Perez gets the win, you're like championships fucking on here. But Max doing it from P9, and it was, like, comfortably. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, Very Max was P6 by lap 4. He was P4 by lap 10. He drove 45 laps on the hards, which is yeah. very fucking impressive, no matter what track you're on. So that stint basically just had him sorted, essentially. Um, Red Bull now have four one twos already this year. Their season record is 5 so, you know, <laughs> dominant beyond all That's going to be absolutely smashed out the park. Oh, yeah. They'll get double figures. I Easily reckon. double figures. They're just on a different plane of existence right now. Uh, Verstappen getting the win. He's the first winner from ninth since Nicky Lauda in 1984. <laughs> Nearly three fucking decades. Uh, only five drivers have done that in history. And Verstappen now has 24 consecutive finishes which is the longest standing on the grid. So surely retirement is coming soon for Max. Surely we can hope, fingers crossed, toes crossed. Like permanent retirement? No. <laughs> mm. I mean, one Best. can only hope, right? <laughs> In before Max retires, before Hamilton. That's it. Um, and just on Red Bull, if there were any doubts as to whom Red Bull's preferred driver is, which obviously there isn't, but... It, there, there was some kind of chatter after the race because Max was he was getting constant radio updates by even like Christian Horner himself uh, with regards to his battle with Perez, like constant updates. Whereas Checo got essentially nothing from the team, um, 
Uh, meanwhile, obviously, Max starting on the hards and Checo on the mediums, it was very clear that the hards were the tire to be on in this race. So they've given Max the better strategy and they've, you know, kept him up to kept him up to speed with the stats and whatnot throughout the race. I mean, it is hard to say that could be a driver preference. Max might like yes. lots of information pairs that. Strategy-wise, I don't think you can read too far into that. Mm. I think Max was on what proved to be the much better strategy, but like that was the, the majority of them were running the parrot strategy. Most of them started on the mediums, I do believe. Correct. Uh, it's a big, big gamble. If everyone else around you started on the mediums, you're on pole and you're like, oh, well, let's start on the hards. You have to be very, very confident in that. They're, you're, they're doing something different with Max because he's so far back. If Max is P4, he's probably starting on the mediums. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Uh, and shout out to Perez for praising Max um, after the, the Grand Prix, just kind of, you know. There's not much else you can do, is no, there? No, Max was insane. But I want to get stuck into a yeah, nah, nah, yeah. Yeah, mate, yeah, nah, nah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, nah, 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 yeah, nah, nah, nah. Oh, nah, nah. Yeah, nah, nah, it's... Nah, nah. What do you mean, yeah, nah? All right, I kind of think I already know where you stand on this, but yeah, nah, or nah, yeah, Red Bull actively fucked Perez's race. Nah, yeah. Wait, no, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, nah, No. No. Max okay. just put but in... A lot of people a... are, in the, are in that boat. For what reasoning? For the two reasons I just mentioned. I mean, it's probably just people trying to drive narrative where there isn't really any, you know, any... I mean, sure, but, like, I don't think even if you're giving Perez the information, like, he's got to be able to do something about it. There was nothing for him to do. Yeah. He would have been using his tyres sensibly, and he already managed his tyres nicely, and probably that, and the way he did it was probably the better way in that. He got, like, five extra laps out of it or something by the sounds of it from what the original plan A strategy was for going on the mediums, and he obviously wanted yeah. that. I'm sure... They must have given him some information about where Max was relative to him when he was still saying, let's go plan A plus five. Um, and from there, it's not like, like, he can't visually see Max. He's going to be trying to put, it's not like he wasn't pushing because, oh, I just thought Max was two corners ahead of me. Like, yeah. That, and he was there waiting probably for Max's tires to go off at some point. So that he could take four or five seconds back from the last few maps for Max's stint, so that he came Max he came out with Max. I don't know, I don't know what the gap was when Max came out of the pits, but he was probably hoping to come out with Max, you know, ten seconds behind him instead of four seconds or whatever it was, and then Max ran that down very very quickly from what I could tell, and was back in the lead before you knew he it. He did. <clears throat> I think he took him two laps once um, he had come out of the pit stop to to overtake the lead. So. And, and... You know, with, yeah, with that level of it. domination, there was just, you know, it was only ever going one way. It's disappointing because it's one of those ones you were hoping for Max going so far back. Perez is showing good pace this year and the ability to hold Max in bay. He did it for all of the race just gone in Azerbaijan. He just held Max off at about a second's gap. He just had no response this weekend. It was as simple as that. Max was at a different level. This was Max maxing some of the best he's ever maxed. <laughs> This is Maximum Max. Hell Super yeah. Max. Super Max in full swing. Uh, it means Max now has a 14-point lead on Checo in the championship. And this win gave Verstappen his 38th for Red Bull, which ties Vettel's Red Bull it record. Does. So that's going to be overtaken very soon, it quite will. probably at the next race. What is the but next you... race? Formula it's... 1. Imola. Imola oh, and Monaco. Imola. Well, that'll... 
can't wait for George and Bottas to get into some really extraordinary tracks. Oh, Perez can uh, win. Like a, Perez, Perez, no, Perez is going to win Imola. The way this season's right. gone, Max is winning the odds, Perez is winning the evens. Uh, and yep. it's just Australia's really fucked him. Um, yeah. As he, Australia has he won might be, Watch out for the He Redbacks might be buddy. about to uh, pass Vettel in total Red Bull wins, but I'm still... Uh, I don't think you can convince me that Max is a better driver than Seb just yet. Not just yet. Needs um, some more it's just he's there. had a much greater longevity. He's possibly already been at Red Bull for longer than Vettel was. Certainly for the period of the real relevancy of that car. I need to just double check what year Vettel's first season was at Red Bull. It would be cool to see peak Verstappen versus peak Vettel. Oh, that would be fun. Big awesome. time. That would have been very, yes, that would have been very, very, because he committed. So I think 2009 might have been his first season for Red Bull. Yes. So he only spent six seasons at Red Bull. And he won the middle four. He won a few races yeah. in the first one. And then, obviously, the last one was the final year of the hybrid era. He didn't win a race all year. He got showed up by Ricardo winning a few races, and he pieced out to Ferrari. But only six years at Red Bull compared to Max Verstappen, who has been driving for, apparently, the Wikipedia article for Max Verstappen... Uh, is wanting to um, give my computer a virus. That's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Max Verstappen. Been watching too much illicit content, have uh, we? Yeah, Wikipedia, 100%. Uh, where is Max Verstappen's time at Red Bull? Uh, 2016. 2016 to present. So, half the sister. 17, there you go. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So, he's already been there. So, okay, this is halfway through this season will be the time he spent of approximately as much time as Vettel did at Red Bull. So, re I guess, relatively, win pace, very similar, actually. Max is probably slightly yeah. ahead, I guess. However, uh, he's down by two world titles. This is correct. Um, although soon to and be this one. And Seb had a person. more threatening teammate for a lot of those years than Max did. And possibly a more competitive field, would you say? Um, the Red Bull wasn't as wildly out in front. That's a yes. It, obviously, last year the Red Bull was miles ahead. This year the Red Bull is miles ahead. In the previous years, is Max winning? Well, no, because Max, Max did a lot of his winning in a car that wasn't the best. Seb did most of his winning in a car that was the best, just not always as dominantly the best. Um, like they're very similar level. They'd probably be if you asked me to just no no particular order. The five best I've seen: it's Hamilton, it's Vettel, it's Max, probably it's Fernando, and then the question is who am I putting as my fifth driver in the just over decade? I'd, I'm going Jensen, I think. Johnson Botton. What about like no bias. Max's Max's first championship, the classic <clears throat> one against Hamilton? Is that in your mind the most impressive? Comparing Vettel's championship. No, to Vettel's Max's? first title. He came from a fairway back. Okay, now that's that's a big that's a big scalp for Sebastian Vettel. There, but uh, moving forward to some other teams. Uh, I, I love this narrative right now, but the Alpha Tauri situation, we had yet another Nick DeVries mistake. He ran into Lando Norris on lap one. 
uh, effectively ending Norris's lap um, and, and continuing Nick's run of just uh, bad errors, Norris actually came out and said, oh, yeah, Nick, he's done that a bit lately. He needs to try uh, breaking a little bit earlier, which is um, fun for Lando to say. And meanwhile, Yuki drove from 18th to 11th and, and really impressed yet again. Yeah, nah, or nah, yeah. Nick DeVries is the worst rookie since Nikita Marzipan. Haven't we only had, like, two... Haven't we only had Joe since then? Joe, Yuki, I'm including Mick Schumacher in this. Logan oh, Sargent, well, Sergeant, yes. But Joe, um, Yuki and Mick were rookies the same time as Mazepin. So they can't really be... I'm including, the, I'm including them anyway. Well, I think that's kind of stupid. So you're saying, is he the worst rookie out of Joe, Sargent, and himself? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, is he is he is he a worse rookie than, than Mick and Yuki then? Uh, yes, but he's a better rookie than Mazepin. Oh, uh, he could be. Ma- mm, on a different level. Probably, he's probably doing similar to Mick, if we're honest. But I mean, it's probably fair to say that Nick had higher expectations coming in. Oh, absolutely, Nick had much higher expectations than someone like a Mazepin, possibly even than a Sonoda. Absolutely, he's definitely underwhelming based on what he did. I just don't think you've given a statistically big enough sample size for it. Like, it's one of those ones I hate when people go like, oh, it's his first time he's won a race since 2021. It's like, that's only two years. Like, that's not that long. Like, there was a lot of races. A lot can happen in two years, man. Oh, yeah, but, like, I mean, that's probably that. But in, like, things where there's, like, a small thing. Like, it'll be like when someone's like, it's his first Indy 500 win since 2020. And it's like, that's three Indy 500s. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, a lot yeah, of Indy five hundreds. When they do specific more hypothetical, like that, then how yes. how shocked are you by Nick's kind of lack of ability so far and just complete? Um, I thought contest. there was a decent chance he could outdrive Sonoda and be the one who would keep a seat if anyone kept a seat at AlphaTauri going into next season. So I am surprised. Um, I thought you know obviously decent ramps on him and he's a very impressive driver. What he did in F two, he was considered. Sign who was stiff to not move up to the great year. Latifi moved up to the big game and he didn't because Latifi had more backing. Uh, he obviously then won a Formula E championship and he was really impressive out driving the aforementioned Latifi in his one race for Williams last year. Well, this is the thing because obviously he had a taste of Formula One already and he was fucking awesome. So I, th- I think that also boosts, you know, kind of the expectations. And, and he'd been sitting there as Mercedes reserve driver. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. so he's yes, familiar this, with F one machinery. This has come as a pretty big surprise for me. And it, I would could it possibly be the change? Because obviously Williams are Mercedes powered. Is the change from like a Mercedes setup to a Red Bull setup that's just completely fucked him? It could well be. It's it's hard to say exactly. I do want to throw back to you. Obviously, we've Please. done our big old Red Bull Junior power rankings, but if we opened it up to the whole Red Bull family. I assume, obviously, Max Comfortably is one, Perez two. Are you putting Yuki as the third best of Red Bull drivers? At the moment, fuck yeah. He's he's looked amazing. Yep. And then the question is, are you putting any, um, and then if so, multiple of the F2 guys ahead of Nick DeVries in the overall Red Bull oh, power rankings? jeez. I mean, it's tough with Awas's most recent efforts in, in, in Azerbaijan, but I'd, I'd still have Awasa ahead of him. You know, he's not making these ridiculous do, errors. That... Do you have Hauger ahead of him? Oh! 
I mean, because Hauger, Hauger makes errors too, so... Yeah, but Hauger's got pace and DeVries doesn't. Yeah, so pace-wise, probably. I think I could probably have both so sure. Awasa and Hauger ahead of him. I'd be okay doing that. Yeah, Albon's um, definitely ahead of him. Is Albon still considered part of the Red... Is he not been Sorry, officially uh, released from Red Bull? Like, I'm not too sure. Or is he still just on loan? I'm not certain. If he, if he is still part of the Red Bull family, then he's definitely ahead of DeVries. Oh, definitely. I'd, I'd, respectfully, I'd have Albon yeah, ahead of Sonoda. And I'd be I'd be tempted to put Lawson ahead of him too. I was about, yeah. to, <coughs> about to say the same thing. I could even possibly talk myself into putting Lawson ahead of him. And if things go the way I expect them to come season's end, I would have... I think Maloney probably... For Maloney. Maloney's definitely got more pace. That's put... You know, um, at this point in time. Revealed album retained a link to Red Bull. Had an option for the team to recall here. Uh, mark the end of his Red Bull extension. Uh, affiliation. Oh, yeah, okay. So Albon is not Red Bull any longer. Oh, end of an era, um, What I would also say is, if I wanted to, in the big board of people in the top three categories of the F1 pyramid, um, mm-hmm. I think there is possibly as much as a half dozen names that I would now be saying are ahead of Nick DeVries. Obviously, not all of the nature of how AlphaTauri works as a race seat, only the names that are affiliated to Red Bull, I think are really... I mean, DeVries wasn't a Red Bull affiliate, but, like, they're unlikely... Well, they could make a play at someone. I, I don't know why Red Bull... If you're Red Bull and Ferrari's not got a spot for Bam, and why you wouldn't try and make a play at him and buy him out of his contract is beyond me, because... That'd be perfect. Real- realistically, if you look at all of the top teams, Red Bull is the one that you could most be like, well, hey, there could be a seat at the top team for a youngster in a couple of years. But guess Mercedes as well if uh, Hamilton retires. But like Ferrari is one where you're like, well, in theory, there's no spot at Ferrari for half a decade or more. Yeah, I, I imagine Ferrari would have put a massive price tag on Bam, oh, but probably Red Bull have money to spend, so... Fuck it. Uh, is there a world in which you see DeVries getting hoisted halfway through the season if he doesn't turn it around and, and getting replaced by one of the Red Bull Junior guys? No, because or an you'd, you'd... Oh, who, who was the other one you said? Sorry. Or an, or, or an Ollie Behrman could slide in? No. Uh, there's no way one of the F2 guys comes up halfway through the year. You finish, you let them cook and finish that up properly. No, DeVries okay. will have till the end of the season. Um, I can't see, you know him getting ousted for, like, a Kivy out or someone that they've had past ties with, that would be his seat mm. till season's end. Simple as that. Okay. okay. But, uh, and Yuki's probably safe at the moment. Are you ready to give Yuki his flowers? Um, oh, I still season? think he need. There's a long way to go. If he does this to the end of the season, I'm probably ready to give him, keep him in that seat just because I... Mm think this is probably still the worst car on the grid. Um, yep. This was the first weekend where Williams has looked a little bit worse for wear, but I, I think the AlphaTauri is the worst car. So the fact that Yuki's gone 11th, 11th, 10th, 10th, 11th, the issue is it's still pretty lean, and if he falls off at any point and starts going more to the 15th, 16th range every race and only finishes with six points for the championship, I don't know whether that is enough to necessarily justify keeping him... Whereas if he had had a few races in this stretch where he was finishing 7th or 8th and had like 15 points and then it fell away, I'd still be able to feel like I could go back and be like, that start to the year was so strong. So if he if this is a level he stays at year long, absolutely. If he now falls off again, 
it's not. I don't think he's yet done enough to be absolutely guaranteed in that seat. But I think it's looking ever likely. Um, but a big a big factor will be, do two of, Hauga, Awasa, Maloney, finish or Fittipaldi, I guess as well, finish real strong. In like if two of those guys are top three in the F two standings, one of them probably winning the title, then there could be some questions of, oh, is Yuki in trouble? Although there is one other alternate, which is, is Yuki getting the actual seat next year? Because I've heard rumblings and that, that Max yeah. doesn't, the Verstappen camp doesn't want Perez there anymore. No, I think, I think all bets are off with that relationship. And then it's really fascinating of who do you put in that seat? Because you mm. want someone who will, and that's it, maybe Yuki's perfect because he's possibly seen as, Non-threatening, but it's it's, it's it, an actually you know he's the, he's the least threatening guy on the fucking planet. Let's, have you seen his face? Uh, I don't know, man. Have you seen that clip AlphaTauri did of the car of the or the drivers being characters in like GTA San Andreas? He looks like a pretty intimidating man. I've not. He seen has that, that GTA walk either. on point. Um, <laughs> can we just talk about that actually quickly? Like, where do you where do you reckon if you're Red Bull and Verstappen is like Perez has to go or I'm gonna go, so Perez has to go. Yep. What do you do with that seat? Because obviously you don't want someone... You probably don't want someone who is going to um, shake up the apple cart. You want someone who you, what you thought his parents are going to be. Just be happy to be the number two, not shake up yeah. the apple cart, at least for a couple of years, so that Verstappen doesn't get unhappy if you're threatening that. But you yeah. need them to be doing enough that that's not a wasted seat. Because we mentioned that when Albon was there and that, you know, that cost them. Yes, in terms of championship stuff, because he could have put enough performance in. So who do you put in that seat? Because I don't That's know if I thing. think Sonoda is good enough to be yeah. at that level of definitely going to be getting P4, P5 every race at a minimum. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I, I think Yuki's done enough to retain the Alpha Tower seat, but he hasn't done enough to be promoted in my mind yeah. just yet. You know, if, if he can maintain this level and even improve on this level, like he's only got two points. It's a very impressive two points. But it's two points. Um, it's two points. But then again, you know, within the Red Bull family, Lawson is third in Super Formula right now. Uh, even if, you know, one of the Red Bull guys wins the F2 championship, I don't think you put a you know an F2 graduate straight into the seat. So, yeah, look, if Max wants to be a diva and kick Perez out, um, you know, Red Bull will definitely give that to him because he is their queen. Oh, it, well, I, I is, it, is it just Ricardo? And Max is comfortable that Probably. he can beat Ricardo? Probably. Is it Albon? Give, give, give Ricardo a season. Nah, it's not Albon. That, that'll never happen again. Give, give Ricardo a season. It'll be great for ratings. <laughs> It'll be great for marketing. And, and you know, I, I guess they'd know after a year of, of Ricardo testing the car whether he's still got the pace required to, to, to do it at the highest level. Yes. Because, yeah, I mean, I guess around the grid, I'm not too sure who's running out of contract this year, but... Oh, you can oust anyone from a contract if you've got enough leverage money, but it's still it's just a question yeah. of who do you, Maybe Lando. Who do you want? Yeah, but Lando wants to win. He does. Lando's a threat. Like that's the thing. It almost feels like he needs. I mean, Valerie Bottas. That's who he needs. Yeah, fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> um, but Maybe Carlos Sainz. Sainz wants to win, but he's also proved to be a great teammate time and time again. Yeah, but he but he does want to win. I I actually wouldn't mind that. Sainz is a Red Bull Academy graduate. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to see that to see if in the same machinery, 
if Sainz can do what I truly think he could do, which is actually go toe-to-toe with Verstappen, because I think he really could be every bit as good, because I thought he was yeah. every bit as good. And yeah, Sainz could challenge Max, but Sainz is so charming and wholesome that Max can't even get angry about it. He'll so just see that beautiful face, and he'll all be forgiven. Exactly right. Um, yeah, all right, fair shout. I love this chat. I love me some Red Bull Junior Team chat. It's always good, but uh, we're going to move on. Uh, you mentioned Ferrari earlier. So this weekend for Charles Leclerc, not ideal. Obviously, there's that error in qualifying, which makes it two weekends in a row that he's done that. And he spent, like, fucking ages getting past Kevin Magnussen when the time came to do that, whereas you saw other guys like Hamilton and and Verstappen do it instantly. Yeah, nah, or nah, yeah, Charles Leclerc has regressed. Nah, yeah, I think. Mm. Uh, Ferrari has also regressed, I think, is a big part of it. Yeah. But I... I kind of felt this last season when he was doing things. I've just... The highest I've been on Charles Leclerc was probably the rookie season at Ferrari. Coming mm. off I, the actual for rookie me, it would have been it would have been the first seven eight races last year when he was like, oh my god, he's gonna be a title. Yeah, no, that's year. that's possibly fair as well. But yeah, ever since that fell off last year, he's just seemed lost. And this is always my thing, and this has kind of been my point: is the ceiling higher on Charles than Carlos? Probably, he's going to take more poles. He may well win more races than that. But they're going to always end up pretty fucking close together in the championship, if not with Carlos in front. Because I just don't think Carlos has as low of a foot. Things don't... There isn't as many mistakes in Carlos Sainz's game. Like, the car will fail him sometimes. He obviously will make mistakes. He started last year in two gravel traps and that. He does make errors. But he doesn't make nearly as many of them as Charles does. And they're not normally as bad of an error. He's just very ultra consistent. And I just think there's more errors in Charles' game than there used to be. Well, Charles has the polls this season. He has the podium. But Sainz is still 10 points ahead of him. So that, you know feeds into that narrative pretty fucking perfectly it must be said i I saw an article comparing the mistakes charles has been making this year to his efforts in 2020 i don't necessarily remember 2020 that well but does that does that ring true for you (laughs) you think i remember 2020 (laughs) yeah man you've got that big galaxy brain that was so long ago i barely remember tuesday Fair shout. We'll ask chat GBT and get back to me. <laughs> yeah, um, Ferrari, they, they've got the qualifying pace still. They were there and thereabouts with Red Bull in Miami, but they just don't have the race trim. Um, yeah. I'm not it's that, Red Bull, that Red Bull race package is just so far clear. Yeah, and you had both Ferrari drivers complaining that the car was just really hard to control on the limit um, You know, when, when they're up there gunning for fast laps. So... Old mate Frederick Vefer needs to sort that shit out nice and quick. But yeah, that was yeah, Nara Nara, yeah. Thank you for playing, Matt. That was fun. Gonna go around the grid now. Obviously, Alonso picked up that third podium spot. Yes, sir. I was Alex Albon raced in our ART in the uh, junior categories. Never knew that. Fuck he yeah. also raced for a team in karting called Intrepid Driver Program, which is a truly <laughs> fascinating name. He was bloody good in karting. This man won a lot of karting championships. He had three, six, eight different karting titles and also five runner-up finishes and three third-place finishes in karting championships in his six years in karting. 
This yeah. man was an absolute wizard. Then he finished third twice in junior categories, including the 2018 F2 title, and okay. second in He's... GP3 in 2016. He is one of the 20 best drivers in the world. You can't argue with that. It's just facts. Uh, yes. He's very, very impressive. Also, it's so, yeah. it's so odd. Who would have guessed, like, in Austria 2020... Oh, yeah. ...that Albon will never win a Formula 1 race? <laughs> I know. At least he got... But, the, I mean, at, at, at least he Alcon got, won in a fucking Alpine, so, I mean... Oh, yeah, he could, but, like, at least he got the podiums eventually yes but like at yes. that point you're like oh win will come sometime later in the year as well and it just never did it never quite did which is sad i think i think albon is now definitely one of the firm fan favorites on the grid at oh this yeah point he's time. he's pretty darn good he's, he's a uh, likable fella doing it for thailand doing it for thailand and fernando alonso doing it for spain he picked up his fourth podium on the season coming in third there 15 points every um, race baby uh yes sir only 30 points behind sergio perez and his four podiums this season are more than he's gotten in his last seven seasons of competing combined <laughs> i mean yeah being at mclaren for most of that will do it yeah <laughs> yes indeed so, so uh, yeah, especially impressive considering that Lance Stroll, who's kind of won some plaudits this year, was nowhere in Miami. So, yeah, Nando doing it righteously. That Taylor Swift bump is serving him right. Uh, moving down, Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon. You know, a different qualifying result. I think Ocon qualified ninth and Gasly obviously qualified fifth. They ran alternate strategies and ultimately Gasly would finish eighth and Ocon would maintain. Wait, yeah, yeah, that's right. And Ocon would maintain ninth. So solid enough weekend for Alpine. This was Gasly's first ever points in America, which is cute. This is America. The, ooh, Charles Gambino, Donald Glover, very talented man. We'll move on. Another probably the mm, drive of the weekend, were it not for Max Verstappen, was Lewis Hamilton going from thirteenth to sixth. Very very impressive. Mercedes, all the press right now is basically focused on, hey, look, we're we're upgrading the car. We're about to get it right. So allegedly they're bringing another upgrade in for Imola. Um, that will essentially right all the wrongs that they've implemented since this new era of cars comes in. We do be loving writing wrongs. Russell also came fourth in another impressive drive. Do you believe that as the season kind of kicks on, Mercedes will establish themselves as the firm number two yet again? The Russell, wait, sorry, repeat the question. So, so do you believe, like, as the season continues, that Mercedes are kind of guaranteed to overtake Aston Martin and Ferrari and, and be that firm, obvious number two team on the grid? Ferrari, yes. Aston Martin, potentially, but only because I do think whoever is the worst of the Mercedes drivers will probably be far enough clear of Stroll. I think yeah. Alonso's a very good shout to finish third in this championship. But... I think he could well have the Mercedes boys finishing fourth and fifth. And I imagine Stroll at best is finishing eighth. They could easily see him slipping behind one or two of the Alpines. Yeah, I probably think Mercedes end up finishing second. But not comfortably. I think it could be very close between them and the green Red Bull. <laughs> the green Bull. The red greens, if you will. <laughs> Jesus. You hate to see it. The red greens. Oh, my God. That's awful. Beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about from this race. You know, there was obviously, you know, it was fun watching Max Scythe through the field, uh, Hamilton as well. But yeah, like, there's no crazy incidents. There was nothing insane from the race to actually talk about. 
you know, it was a race. It happened. It was a thing. And that brings us to send it. Did I send it or did I not didn't send it? Yeah, you oh, send it. This is the segment where I rattle off some headlines from the uh, average world of Formula One. Matt, you're going to pick one that you want to talk about, and I myself will pick one that I want to talk about, and we'll take it from there. We'll get all chatty with it. Number one, courtesy of The Guardian. Support The Guardian. They're desperate for money. Formula One drivers criticize Miami GP for distracting pre-race razzmatazz. Love that word. What are you doing at razzmatazz? Razzmatazz. Headline number two from Autosport. Alpine amateurish criticisms don't heap pressure on F1 teams, says Safnauer. Headline number three. Get ready, baby. News.com.au. Elon Musk proposes new F1 event after visit to Miami Grand Prix. Ooh. ooh. Number four from Crash. These were the celebrities attending the F1 Miami Grand Prix. Had to slide that in there. You just had to. And finally, Autosport again. Mercedes, Imola F1 upgrade will answer why W14 is so poisonous to drive. Jonathan Noble on that one. Matthew Hume, the merchant of Hume, the metaphor. Any of those headlines speaking to you on an intrinsic level? Well, I think there's one headline with actual legitimacy that we should probably address. Yeah, the celebrities who attended the, the Miami Grand Prix. Exactly. I think there's one headline that makes me say, oh, God, at such a level, I'm probably going to be the one I'm going to ask okay. about. Uh, I know Roger Federer was there. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, hold on. The, uh, um, the, the guy who wrote that crash article uh, captioned his uh, Federer photo with, Roger Federer, the tennis legend, was spotted moving at speed. <laughs> oh, my God. And Jackie Stewart flagged him down or something, apparently. There was a bit of a kerfuffle... Yeah. Oh, what's this Elon Musk? Yes! Let's get musky with it! What's the horror? How bad, How bad are we talking? I what mean, is like, going I, I on here? Re- I, I don't really know why the fans are so up in arms about this. F1 fans just like to get angry about shit. But yes, Elon Musk was one of the aforementioned celebrities alongside, you know, Tommy Hilfiger and Fast, uh, and, Fast and Furious star Vin I Diesel. I mean, is he a celebrity? Yes. Would you call Adolf Hitler a celebrity? Okay, do not compare Elon Musk with Adolf Hitler. That's ridiculous. Oh, mate, I reckon he's top five worst people to have ever lived on the planet. Oh, God. There's a big gap between one and five, but he's a fucking up there. He's an awful human being. I mean, like, warlords, bro. I mean, Stalin, Genghis Khan. Oh, dude, he's way worse than Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan a lot of people, man. Genghis Khan was error appropriate. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Donald Trump, you know... Oh, mate, I reckon Musk is worse than Trump. Ma- Musk wow. has the power to do actual real damage. That is that is a hot take and a half, my boy. That Trump is Trump has the power to destroy a country. Musk has the power to destroy the world. <laughs> Brutal. But basically, his proposal is that we host a um, <clears throat> uh, pure electronic vehicle versus gas hybrid F1 race. So essentially, go Formula E versus Formula 1 uh, event. That's his proposal. Simple as Okay, it. the Formula One car wins easy. It was super exciting. That's it. I'm pretty sure a Formula One car is faster than a Formula E car. 
I'd say so to too. I mean, Nick DeVries is a Formula E champion for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's not how that works, but I do think the Formula One car is still faster than the Formula. There will be a crossover point at some point, mm. but I do not believe the crossover point has yet been met. I'm disappointed. I wanted his proposal to be that we have a race in the Hyperloop Tunnel. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah. That's what I wanted. Hell yeah. Time trial. That'd be fantastic. Or on fucking Mars. Yes, that would be great it's as well. Race on Mars. Um, I mean, it's actually his thing is not the worst idea. Um, an official like point scoring Grand Prix, no, but I'd be cool to start seeing the speed comparisons and stuff like that. They do that at I don't know they do other things. Oz Grand Prix every year used to have uh, I don't know whether they did it this year or that. You'd have to ask uh, Ryan, mm. but they'd do the speed test, and so there'd be like the Mercedes safety car or whatever then a Red Bull supercar, and then a Formula 1 car, and they got a staggered start, and obviously in theory it's it's weighted in that. The ideal thing is in theory they've calculated it all and they should all cross the line at the exact thing, but obviously you know, the safety car goes off 20 seconds later or whatever, the supercar sets off after it, and then like 40 seconds after that the fucking F1 car fires up, and then the F1 car like basically, well not always, occasionally they've got it right and the, the safety car does just, but like the F1 car will fucking wrap up the supercar throughout the, like the second to last corner and then streak home by like five seconds or something. Yeah. It's very cool. Uh, I'd love to see one of those side by side between an F1 car and a Formula E car and that, but an actual race right now probably wouldn't be the best unless you're going to bring in like multi-classes a la Le Mans endurance racing. Yeah, oh, that can be kind of cool. But not as bad of an idea as I was expecting. There you go. And there is a photo of Elon Musk uh, hanging out with the Red Bull guys, and Max Verstappen's face is just the, the... You know, Max Verstappen's an angry man in general, but he looks so, so displeased to be talking to Elon Musk, and it's fucking amazing. That is the biggest green flag Max Verstappen has ever... That's one of the rare redeeming personality traits of Max Verstappen. If he was actually unhappy... And there's every chance he was just unhappy to have to be um, talking... To anybody. Yeah. But if it was the specifically Elon Musk thing, then that makes me very happy because everyone should be disgusted to have to talk to Elon Musk because he's a shit person with stupid ideas. I I just messaged you the articles. It scrolled down. Yes, you did. And he has a very, very dumb face. It's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) He's just like so unimpressed. It's fucking fantastic. I was talking about Elon's face. Oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yes, Max does look quite unimpressed. Horner looks <laughs> thirsty. interesting. He's thirsty, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. First and after that, Elon Musk, sexy dad bod. Um, <clears throat> other celebs who are joining. Uh, if you want to talk about evil people, Jeff Bezos was there. Not as evil as Elon Musk. Um, Lewis Still Hamilton was dressed up in the most evil gown I've ever seen in my entire life. He looked like a fucking <laughs> Harry Potter character. It was ridiculous. Um, I think the Williams sisters was there, were there as usual. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, article I want to talk about is... <clears throat> it's French in nature. It's all about the Alpine boys. It's an interesting one. So basically, obviously Alpine haven't necessarily had the season they were hoping for so far. It was a decent weekend in Miami. But, you know, their whole thing coming into 2023 was that, hey, we want to compete f- uh, with the title contenders. We want to take a step forward. And it's probably inarguable to say that they've taken a step back uh, instead. So, team president Laurent Rossi, 
came out publicly and said, and uh, this is a quote here, it's disappointing. It's actually bad. This year ended up starting with a flawed performance and flawed delivery. It's obvious our position in the standings is not worthy of the resources we spend, and we are quite far, in fact, very far from this year's end goal. I'm noting not only an obvious lack of performance and rigor in the delivery, but also potentially a state of mind that is not up to this team's past standards. Matthew, will this from Laurent Rossi be an effective call to arms or was it totally unnecessary and heaping unnecessary pressure on the team? Um, I mean, he's right. They mm-hmm. don't perform where they probably should with the Vienna Reef. We've said this before. Renault's like the third biggest car company in the world or something. Oh, yeah. They've got the fucking resources. Oh, yeah. But they've not been able to figure this shit out really since... Well, I mean, since they came back, um, fuck, I'm trying to think what they were. Oh, there was a couple of years ago. Basically, since the last time, like, yeah, since, like, the 2010s, when they were last Renault, since the Alonso titles, really. But they kind of figured it out during the Lotus years, um, when Kimi came back, and Kimi won a few races, Grosjean was getting podiums, but... In then since really then the return to Renault and then now Alpine and that they've never really had it figured out and yeah for comparative size of organization and the funding that they can and probably do put into the car mm-hmm. they should be at the Ferrari Red Bull Mercedes level Renault is a bigger as big of a company as those if not bigger than probably all but Red Bull yeah. Yeah. But they are also French, and that's almost as bad as being Italian. Would you, would you take that deli- he, you know, his comments on delivery and, and lack of performance in the delivery? Is that is specifically aimed at Otmar, do you think? I don't know whether you go that far And that. I do think there's more that goes... Yeah, like Otmar doesn't build the car. Can confirm. Too busy on his Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, things do need to change at Alpine. It's a weird one, because, like, I cannot see them finishing lower than fifth. Mm. But I cannot see them finishing higher than fifth. They're going to finish fifth, it's confirmed. They're just, they're fifth. Yes. They're comfortably fifth, but they're distantly fifth. Whereas last year they finished fourth. Yes. Ah, because they're getting jumped by Aston Martin, of course, yeah. Yeah. In those, again, in in those old funny tier lists and that, there would literally be a tier that is called Alpine. And for once in life, it would be correctly filled by the thing. And just the whole year, it would just be Alpine. But even then, like, they're on equal points with McLaren. And the only reason McLaren uh, didn't do anything in Miami was because uh, Piastri had a brake issue the entire race and Norris got yeeted by Nick DeVries on the first corner. Are they seriously on equal points with McLaren? Yes. How? Yes. How? I know. What? I know. What absolute madness are you talking about? You're having me on here. That's facts, brother. Doubt. I'm speaking straight facts. It's zero cap. No cap? Zero brim on this, my man. Zero sun protection on my head. Full legitness, fam? Fuck, kappa. Oh, wow, they're both on 14 points. That's pretty dismal. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's weird, because, I mean, I guess, yeah, they've had pretty horror one with a lot of things go wrong. The double DNF in Australia didn't help. Yeah. They should be on, like, 20-something points. For sure. But Australia absolutely fisted them, and McLaren got double points in Australia when they shouldn't have. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's, I mean, they're Rossi, in a weird spot. Rossi, Rossi also mentioned that the first Grand Prix in Baku, he, he said, 
there was there was a lot of amateurishness which led to a result that wasn't right it was mediocre bad which is probably referring to Ocon's triple penalties there I mean he's, he's yes, pulling Bar- you said Baku but you meant Bahrain uh, yeah yeah sorry uh, Bahrain yes absolutely uh, yeah they're a weird one they're a weird one Pulling no punches, man. But you know, if Alpine finish sixth, and I'm not, I'm not, I've got zero faith in McLaren, mind you. But if they do, like that's that's. Well, oh, that's a massive loss. If they fall behind McLaren, that's inexcusable. Yeah, uh, changes to be made over there at Alpine. Uh, just quickly, so what's this? Um, the actual one that we probably, I think, should really talk about. What's this Mercedes thing? Yeah, so obviously it's been talked about. I, I kind of linked to it earlier that obviously the car hasn't been right since this new era came into play. They finally kind of turn about face and, and they're trying to right their wrongs and fix it. And they all brought in an upgrade package for Azerbaijan. And now they're bringing in another one for Imola including changes to the side pod floor and front suspension. So the, the, making wholesale changes, and, and Wolf is basically just saying that, yeah, look, this is going to be uh, a huge step forward in performance, um, especially in just in terms of knowledge gained and, look, we've made an error, but now we've learned from it and we can improve thusly. So, yeah, it's like I said earlier, you know, do you have faith in them essentially becoming the bona fide number two team? Like, that's, that's ultimately the story. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean... If the upgrades are good, yeah, I can see them out-developing Aston Martin as the year goes on. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think a few of us probably expected the improvement in form to take longer than just Imola. And obviously, we'll have to wait and see if, if that is where the improvements start showing. But, I mean, Hamilton's done some good things. Russell is pretty consistent, as always. Yeah, Mercedes are in a good place, I think. You know, just going under the radar, doing their thing, making it happen. And, and that last one... Did you see the way they uh, introduced this Grand Prix? With all the drivers getting their own little entrance? Like a, like a WWE show? Yes, it was very prototypically American and very, very cringe. Yeah, it was... <laughs> it was it was hosted by LL Cool J. Uh, shout out. And uh, Lando Norris was very vocal in his displeasure, saying that none of the drivers liked it and that it was an awful experience. Yes, it's very nice. Now, I have it in NASCAR, and it's, like, fine in NASCAR. Doesn't suit here. Also, this is very off-topic, but um, do you know they're making a second Meg film that's coming out in August? Or they've made a second Meg film. Fuck yeah. You know me. Love sharks. Big shark guy over here. There should be more shark movies released. I'm unsure if you're being heavily sarcastic or something. Are you, I, like, actually terrified of sharks no, or something? No, I'm not terrified of sharks. I just think Jaws is super overrated. Oh, 100%. Uh, but, you know, the Statham's in the Meg, so, like... Fuck. He can just carry its otherwise shittiness. Oh, we do love Jason Statham. Hopefully the Rock... Sh- actually, that's what we need. We need a shark movie with the Rock as the shark. <laughs> We've had one with um, Vin Diesel as a shark. Oh, my God. He, wait, no. What? what? Is he? No. Who's the, no, who am I thinking of? Who plays the shark in, um, uh, Suicide Squad? Ah, oh, like King Shark. Give me, uh, voice actor was John DiMaggio, I think. Oh, no, yeah. that might have been in the, um, I'm trying to, oh, it was Sylvester Stallone. Ah, oh, yes. I mean, Basically, Vin Diesel with hair and older. <laughs> Look, Both man. equally unintelligible. 
we all know that the highlight of that movie was John Cena as Peacemaker just being himself and a band. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? I mean, the Peacemaker show is great. Oh, John Cena just kills it. John Cena is on fire. <laughs> he should be... They, that. You know what? That's what should happen. He should swoop in at the last second to be the inaugural New World Heavyweight Champion. That would be insane. I, no, it's going to be Seth. Oh, yeah. Or Randy Orton. Oh, it could easily be Shinsuke or Balor. No, nah, Shinsuke lost today to Seth. Oh, did he? Yeah. Wait, they put that in the first... I hate when they do this shit they're in doing, tournament. They're doing triple threats for it. So it was Priest versus Shinsuke versus Seth. Well, that's like Who took the pin? Please tell me it was... I haven't read Shinsuke. that far, unfortunately. So I cannot tell you. I didn't even but I hope it was it, Priest. Right? I love, I love that you're reading up on Raw that's literally been taking place whilst we were filming this. I was reading recording it this. Um, in between recordings. Oh, no, 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 I figured, but I was just like, oh, man. No, no. I'm happy to. I'm so, st- I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm up to date because of the podcast, but I don't always absorb it with the podcast as much as I do when I read it, but yeah. I'm like weeks behind on Dynamite again. Uh, regardless, let's get back in to finish off this bad boy. Let's dive in like a shark, my brother, and wrap it all up. Miami, (laughs) it happened, it was a thing, but now we look forward to Emola. We're going to Italy, boys. AlphaTauri's home Grand Prix. Are you excited for Emola? Wait, why are we previewing a Grand Prix that's 10 days away? Because it's we're gonna we're not gonna do another show before then. Might as well. Yeah, we don't normally do previews, but sure enough, that works for me. All right. Uh, no, I'm not excited for Imola. It's a shit racetrack under the current specs of cars. <laughs> I mean, it's it's had some decent entrances in recent years. Yeah, because people have crashed. That's the only reason it's yes. been exciting. Is because whack shit has happened. If no whack shit happened, this will be an awful Grand Prix. But I mean, whack shit will probably happen. Hopefully everyone's safe and no one, you know... We've seen... uh, Jashan, we've just come off back-to-back street circuits where no whack shit happened. I'm not optimistic. Something has to change. Mac Verstappen is getting that retirement that he's so overdue for. It's going to happen. I mean, Imola does need to go well, because if it doesn't, that will be four straight mid-races, because there's no way Monaco is good. Yeah, I was going to say, are you trying to say that Australia was bad? Australia was fun. But yeah, Monaco won't be good. Uh, it wasn't great. I mean, it's not been... Uh, we haven't had an not amazing been a, race so far there's no, Yeah, there's not been a particular... I know. <laughs> after Monaco, we have Spain. Yeah. But then we have Canada, which I feel like underwhelmed a little bit last year, but I will forever love... In theory, that's when it gets exciting, because then we go Canada, Austria, Britain, Hungary. Yeah. That's your mid... In, uh, Belgium into the mid-season break. In terms of on-track uh, then racing... Zandvoort's a bit air, but then we come out with Italy, Singapore, Japan, which are normally pretty good. Qatar will fucking suck. The US is always good. Mexico should be solid. Brazil is never bad. Oh God. Las Vegas is going to be like Miami, but on steroids. <laughs> and then Abu Dhabi will, as always, exist. Wow. You've just previewed the entire Formula 1 season. That is the last podcast of the year. Wrapped it all up. Thank you guys for <laughs> listening. Rear the Grid coming in hard. Yeah, I, I've got faith in him. I, I need something exciting to, to spice it up. Would you say that the on-track performances so far this year, it's been the most boring start to a Formula 1 season in a long time? I think that's... I, yes. Oh, you know what I was going to say? What I am so excited about Imola is Imola will be for the first time in, well, well over a year, more. Mm. When was the last time we did a physical in-person recording? 
Not that I've actually booked flights yet, but in theory, I'm in Melbourne that way. A hot minute, my brother. A hot minute. It's been... Uh, which also means if I hang around for long enough, which I was going to ask you about after this, we could watch a Monaco light. Or more, I was going to be like, do you want to watch the 500 with me? I'll give it a fair Monica shake. Monica will be shit, but the Indy 500 will be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I'll be up and about if it's on a free night for me. I'm, I'll, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, all right, let's, let's wrap this thing up. Are we, uh, uh, there's no point doing driver predictions. No, do, do it. Let's do it way too early driver predictions for the podium. Oh, in that case, my way too early driver predictions. I'm taking Oscar Piastri to win the race fuck ahead yeah. of Ollie Behrman and Alessio Deletta. Okay, I guess we'll be doing this again next week. Um... <laughs> And I'll take Guillaume Samaya to take the win. He's in hot form right now. Um, fuck. Pietro Fittipaldi will make his grand return to Formula 1 and come in second. And hey, listen, I reckon hey. Jack Aitken's going to get a run for Williams and come in third. Oh, Jackie. What does Jack Aitken do? I don't even know if he's racing. No one knows what Jack Aitken's doing these days. I mean, I should. I follow him on Instagram. Oh, fuck yeah. Is he a good follower? Or Twitter. Um, I follow him on something. Uh, yeah, I, I must have I, I uh, He competes for Racing Team Turkey in Le Mans and Emil Frey Racing in the GT Masters. Nice. So he's, he's driving, he's doing things. He's keeping busy. Fuck yeah. And right, with that, probably wraps up, uh, you know, uh, a really, really great episode that matches the energy of the Miami Grand Prix. It was, it was solid, not bad, not great. I reckon we're pretty good at matching the vibes of the respective Grand Prix. We do, we, we're good for that. Well, we're both hospitality uh, professionals, Matthew, and the be- the exactly. most important thing with hospitality is to match the vibe of your customers. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I don't know about that, because if the vibes are really bad, you shouldn't follow suit, because that just leads to issues. Fair enough. Like, when, when um, the three Brisbane Lions fellas rocked up to your bar the other week, and, and they were all being um, wankers, you, you, you... No, they were all really... I, the worst part is, so I bloody... I'd taken my break, and then I finished my break, and then I ended up going and helping one of the areas, so I know, um, spotting her, just to take a trolley around to the far side of the stadium, because she needed someone to do it, so that she didn't run over any customers' ankles or whatever. Ideal. Um, and so then I walked back in, and I basically walked back in, and then old mate, Jimmy the Victorian's like, oh, mate. Like, Hipwood was just in the bar. <laughs> and I was like, you're fucking, what a stitch up. I've just missed Eric Hipwood. We'd literally Brilliant. been talking about him earlier in the night because we were talking about the Lions. And I was like, this is a stitch up. But then like 50, oh, like half an hour, an hour later, he's like, oh, mate, buddy, look at the line. Because Cam Rayner and Jack, I, was like, I have no idea who Jack Payne is. But I was like, oh, yeah, that is Cam Rayner. Wild. Hell yeah. Then I jumped over to the spirits to attempt to serve Cam Rayner, but the old uh, <laughs> put it through, I thought he'd be the next person up, and then like he skedaddled with someone in the line. So then eventually I ended up serving Jack Payne. Uh, all four of the, all three of them got vodka lemonades. I've never been so disappointed. That's awful. Also, Jack Payne is a South Sydney Rabbitohs fan, apparently, which was a bit of a bummer. Yeah, I mean he grew up in fucking Noosa. Why? Why the fuck is he a South Sydney fan? That's weird. All right, get on the Dolphins bandwagon, bro. Fuck. Yeah, the Sunshine Coast just up the road from uh, yes. <laughs> Redcliffe. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Shout out to our cousin podcast, The Four Man Wall. Been doing bits lately. Go check it out on uh, the online hub media planet. I don't know what to call it. It's the, extent, it's the hub media extended universe. Um, we're growing. 
But uh, yeah, that that wraps us up today. Have you enjoyed yourself, Matt? Uh, yeah, more or less. Fuck yeah, I've had an absolute blast as always with you, sir. Oh, you know, I actually, when I was working at that hotel last year, I met Cam Rainer's girlfriend at the time. I don't, I don't know if they're still together, but she was wild. An absolute delight. I know, crazy shit. And with that, this has been Rear the Grid. Thank you all for listening, you scurvy dogs. Tifi, he was a fucking idiot.